Reggie, welcome. Stevie Jones. <laughs> oh, uh, Reginald Walker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I was listening to you talk about what Harbaugh is saying, and I mean this respectfully. I couldn't help but hear a lot of James Franklin in that, right, when it comes to injuries right, and the way they sort of talk around it. And it's so funny that all these coaches do it to each other, right? And it's, it's – I mean, I – uh, as you know, I do Charlotte games as well, local to me, and, and uh, Will Healy, uh, one of the youngest coaches in college football in Division One, the whole thing, he's under 35 years old. He's the same way, right? He'll just kind of say, oh, he's dealing with something with his upper body or he's got an yeah. upper or a lower body. You know, it's, it's hilarious. Um, and, and they'll tell you it's because they don't want anybody targeting those injuries. Uh, but the reality is they don't want the other coach to know whether or not that kid's going right. to play. That's exactly. what it comes down to. Exactly, <laughs> and it allows them to dance around the HIPAA law a little bit, too. I mean, there's also that 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 comes into play right. as to how you want to do it and go about it because the player does have to say whether they're allowed to say anything about it or not. They do have actually a say in it now, believe it or not. Uh, you know, Penn State won on Saturday 31-14. It's a hard-fought win. There's no getting around it. Uh, what was the general impression you got out of that? Uh, I thought I thought we were I, to be honest. I, I thought Penn State was just clearly a more talented football team than Maryland mm-hmm. uh, going into it, and, and you could see it during the game. Uh, but a couple of things that that really stood out to me. Listen, I, I don't mean this in a negative way. More guys have to make plays in the passing game. It, it can't be Jahan Dotson, fifteen, sixteen targets, eleven catches, and some other guys don't make a big play here or there. Now, just I say that to say. Several guys caught passes. It's not like no one else caught a pass. So I'm not suggesting that those guys aren't making plays or not trying to make plays, but we'd like to see a little bit more balance there. Obviously, John's going to get the lion's share of the opportunities, pun intended there. Uh, but the reality is there's got to, you've got to force that balance from secondaries and how they want to cover. And then the thing that was even more glaring to me is in that running game, you know, less than three yards of carry, James Franklin will tell you that is not Penn State football, period. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and I have talked about that a lot. I think part of that is the offensive line, um, and at times they just haven't been able to be dominant consistently in games. I think the other piece of that is the, for lack of a better term, because I say this all the time, there needs to be more variety in that running game. It, everything can't be off of the same exact look because you can only do two or three things off of that same exact look. So I think if you get a little bit more variance in that running game, it creates more opportunities for the offensive line to know where the guy's going as opposed to the defensive line because in a lot of ways and you and I've talked about this and I, I always go back to the to the infamous Chase Young play um, against Penn State at Penn State um, a mm-hmm. few years ago mm-hmm. where you know they moved it back to the other side the other defensive end then puts his hand on the ground goes back down and then the and then Chase stands up and the play comes right to Chase and he makes the play yeah so so let's let, let's get the dots in for a moment uh, it was interesting because I saw his mom uh, Saturday morning. I told the story earlier. I said, I said to her, I said, you know, instead of wearing five miles, we'll wear a target because every team's trying to stop him and he keeps making plays. Now, this is before he had the game on Saturday. How special does a guy have to be that everybody knows he, you know, that he's a primary guy and still continues to be the star and the primary guy? He's I mean, that, that takes unbelievable level of talent and expertise and knowledge, right? I think what gets forgotten when we think about guys like that, the physical talent is one thing. I think it's the mental aptitude to understand what's happening to them on a football field and adjust to it, right? When you're a guy like that, when so much is coming your direction, and you have to give credit to the offensive coordinator, Mike Yersich, and the entire offensive staff 
because they know that everybody's trying to stop Jahan Dotson. And so what they're doing is they have to be more creative in how they get him the football, right? Give him more sight adjustment type of stuff that Sean Clifford has to understand as well, or whoever's at the quarterback position. They have to be able to read what he's reading and make the right decision, make the right throw as well. So there's a lot of pieces to that. But I say all that to say you have to give a lot of credit to a guy like Dotson for being smart enough to be able to process all that information on the fly. I tell people all the time, one of the things that was that's so hard as you go up levels of football is the mental aptitude, right? Mm-hmm. When you get to a place like Penn State, everybody's physically talented. Everybody. The difference is who's processing the information faster. And to be a, for a guy like Dotson at this level, to be able to process what he's seeing, right, when he comes off the line of scrimmage, reading the coverages after one step or two steps, right, that takes a lot of mental aptitude. And, and the reason why I say that is when you get to the NFL level, they'll tell you, you have to figure out what that receiver is doing with a half a step. You better know. And, and that will tell you if you have a combo coverage or some different things, what to do. Also, he's reading you as well. So when he sees you open the hip early on step two on your back pedal or whatever the case may be, then he knows what his sight adjustment and what his route becomes off of that. Is it a stick route? Is it an outcut? Is it an in cut? Is it a fat curl? All of those things are factors when it comes to the coverage. And that's the type of stuff, the sophisticated mental aptitude that Dotson is showing us when you have and have to show us when he has a game with 11 catches and goes for uh, all, you know, big time yards like that, nearly 200 yards and three touchdowns. That's the kind of stuff that gets forgotten. People just think, oh, he's fast and they just throw him the ball. It doesn't work that way. There's a whole bunch else to that. I mean, I think he's a scientist out there the way he plays. Uh, you know, I think, you know, and he's not only a great athlete, but he just has, we always talk about, oh, the quarterback has great vision. The running back has great vision. Wide receivers need great vision, too, and he's got that. He, he does. And, and wide receivers, it's, it's, I'm glad you said that because their vision is another level, right? It's the vision to see the coverage. It's the vision to you know, read what the quarterback is reading. But it's also the vision to have that sort of trust and belief mm-hmm. and, and, for lack of a better term, term, the stones to cross the middle at times. Yeah and be able to make those catches and not take a big hit. And that's because they see it as it's happening and they know how to slide through certain parts in a zone, where to sit down, where to keep going to the next window. All of those types of things come back to vision and the, the ability to process that information on the fly. Well, as Jahan said to Jack Ham and me after the game, when I asked him about Sean Clifford, he goes, that's my guy. Uh, you know, it's amazing how a quarterback and a wideout can be on the same page because it looks like, for the most part, those two are in almost every single play. They are, and they have to be, right? Because if if there's any kind of variance in the route based on what is called and then the coverage, they have to see the same thing, right? And sometimes that's why it, I, one of the things you can watch in a game you know, you see an errant throw by a quarterback, and I'm not picking on anybody specifically. This is a football thing. Mm-hmm. You'll see an errant throw by a quarterback, and the receiver will tap his chest. The receiver is saying, you know what? I thought I saw X, but what I really right. saw was exactly. Y, and mm-hmm. you saw Y, exactly. and I screwed that up. And quarterback, and it happens either way. Right. And so when a guy like Dotson tells someone Clifford is his guy, yes, it's about trust. Yes, it's about the fact that he likes the guy away from football. 
But the reality is what he's saying is he's my guy because we see things the same way, and we have to see them the same way on the field or somebody's going to get killed. Right. When you see a red zone defense that has five takeaways in a season, what do you think? Uh, I think that there's a lot of people that are doing predictable things, um, and it's a defense that looks to create those turnovers down there. They gamble. They try to speed you up, right? And so what you want to do in those situations is you have to find, A, stuff that works. But the first thing you better know is what is your protection scheme against what they're trying to bring to you. Because a lot of times if you see that, it's teams that maybe blitz, and they force you to, if you're throwing the ball, they force you to throw it to a certain spot. And when they do that, it's because they've got a, a player sitting in that spot to create that play, right? So it's it's the old like like one of the best ones you can find. And it's, I'm getting getting ready to get real football technical here. Um, but Nick Saban, who got it from Bill Belichick, they run what a lot of times down in the red zone. They run what's called two buster, and it's basically a robber coverage out of a two deep look. And if you, which means two high safeties, which again, as you know, Steve, if you're doing that down in the red zone you got a two-high safety look, those safeties can't be that high because if they are, you're giving up the entire end zone. So to play that concept and to be able to rob everything underneath that, that tells you that they've got a mindset. They're going to force you to put the ball in certain spots because their guys are going to be able to react to that. And then the aggression, right? They want their guys to take chances. Those coordinators are telling these guys, take those chances down there. You know what? We're already backed up. We probably – We'll give up points per se in this position, right? If we're if somebody's inside our five yard line, we're we're apt to give up at least three. But if you can make a pick or if you can force this fumble, all of a sudden we give up nothing. And if you make a pick in the right spot, it's a pick six, and we're putting points on the board. So it's being able to trust those guys defensively to try to make those plays, which also means they trust the anticipation of those players and the aptitude of those players to understand what's happening in front of them, and that's where those big plays are created. I have to ask you the. Uh... The Panthers, Carolina Panthers, got off to a three and zero start, uh, and now everything has gone off the rails. Why has it gone? And I know McCaffrey's been hurt, but why has it gone off the rails? To me, the the main problem in the off season was not addressed. Um, I was saying all of last year because, and and I'll tell you this, Steve, they were killing me on the radio in Charlotte. They were killing me because I was saying Teddy Bridgewater is not the problem. The offensive line is the issue. Um, the variety in the offense, Joe Brady was a first-year true coordinator in the NFL at that particular point. People forget Steve Emsminger was the offensive coordinator at LSU in 2019. Joe Brady was the passing game coordinator, which means have a pass play in your pocket, and when I say I want to throw the ball, you tell me what that pass play is. That does not mean he's calling every play. That's a difference as well. So Joe Brady's in year two. They bring in Sam Darnold, which I did not think was an upgrade from Teddy Bridgewater. But they went through all that process, but they did not address the offensive line effectively. They went J.C. Horn in the first round. I'm not saying it was a bad pick. I would have certainly gone for Rashawn Slater, who was there, because Penesul was off the board at eight. But I would have went Rashawn Slater there and got me a franchise left tackle and put him over there and left him there for the next eight to ten years, hopefully. That's what I would have done there. And then the other guys could have fell into place, I think, a little bit better. They didn't address that. Um, I don't think Darnold is a better talent than Teddy Bridgewater, and this is the result that you get. Add into it that McCaffrey was hurt, there's that. And I'll say this, too. Through the first five games last year, Teddy Bridgewater was near the top of the league in passing in most of the major Mm -hmm. passing categories, and he didn't have McCaffrey for two of those games. So you could see that his talent was there. 
but the offensive line was still bad. And down the stretch, as it got worse and more exposed and no Christian McCaffrey, the team got worse. We're seeing the same thing this year. The difference is Sam Darnold turns the football over in bunches. The first yep. three games, That's Darnold only – yeah, the first three games he had one interception. Yep. Then over the next four games, I think it was uh, eight interceptions in three and a half games. Over the, I yep. mean, you can't do that. You cannot turn yep. the ball See, over. See, that's like. where Teddy Bridgewater, no matter what people think of Teddy Bridgewater, he, he and Tyrod Taylor are yep. very much the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, very smart, not great risk takers, but boy, they they will also make very few mistakes. How about that? that that's right. And and I, this is what I said to somebody the other day. I said because they were like, "Well, you know, Teddy still was the problem." Blah blah blah. And my response no. to was, "Tell me the difference between Teddy and Ryan Tannehill." There isn't one. There isn't the difference any. is Derek Henry. And the willingness to run the football, yep. and everywhere Teddy has been, they want to throw it 45 times. Right. No, because Teddy has never had the ability to go play action fake and have anybody honor it. That's exactly right. And so they beat Dallas yesterday, though. All right. He looked good. He looked <laughs> he good looked, in that game. Of course he looked good. Teddy's always been a good, you know, not great, but a good NFL quarterback. Tyrod Taylor has been a good NFL quarterback. It's just, you know, there there's no farve in either one of them. Nope. But at the same time, you know, the defense is always going on the field with 75 yards in back of it, too. And, and Steve, I'll tell you this, too. Uh, and just looking ahead at the game of football. Now, one of the things I said about eight years ago, we were talking about Johnny Menzel. This yep. is when I was still at ESPN. We were talking I about Johnny. This. And I said – College football and eventually the NFL is going to look a lot like high school football. Mm-hmm. Spread the field horizontally and just make a bunch of quick throws. Yep. I say all that to say now what we're going to see moving forward are a lot more Teddy Bridgewaters yep. and a lot less Aaron Rodgers and Brett Forrest because they're not staying in school long enough. They're not coming up with the systems that force that mental process power anymore. What they're asking them to do is get the ball out quick, get a guy in space, read it before the snap, just throw it out there and let them do all the work. I'm not saying that's a bad concept, but the reality is a whole lot of guys can do that. What Aaron Rodgers is doing and some of those guys that we've seen of yesteryear were doing mentally, Tom Brady as well, those type of guys, they're not being asked to do that anymore. And so what I think is going to happen over the next 10, 12, 15 years, quarterback salaries are, I think are going to come back a little bit and the money is going to be more spread around the rosters and teams are really going to try to build up a really good roster, and then get a rookie quarterback and try to win a championship in his first four or five years on the rookie deal and then move on from the quarterback. Sir, it's always a pleasure. Anytime, my man. Anytime for you, Steve Jones. You are the greatest. Rachel Walker. Stevie Jones. (laughs) Take care. Take care. Thanks, Steve.